Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we have a packed show for you today. We're going to be talking about the films Ready Player One, Guess How Much I Love You, and Enchanting Easter. And also we're going to be talking about Flugel's Project Egg Hunt. But before we talk about that, we have a very special guest for you today. We're going to be talking with the amazing, wonderful executive producer of Boss Baby Back in Business, Brandon Sawyer. Thank you so much, Mr. Sawyer, for joining the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. So before we talk about uh, your latest project, Boss Baby, Back in Business, I want to talk a little bit about you and your career because you've been working for DreamWorks for a while now, ever since Penguins in Madagascar. So I'm testing about your your career at DreamWorks and a little bit of history. Well, I've been at DreamWorks for about five years, but right before that, I was doing DreamWorks shows at Nickelodeon. Uh, I did the Penguins of Madagascar TV show and then the uh, Monsters vs. Aliens TV show. And before that, all over the place. I've been writing cartoons for about 15, 16 years. Well, fantastic. So tell us a little bit about where the Boss Baby television show on Netflix, where it leaves us off. Well, it's, it's pretty much right after the movie. The movie... Boss Baby's decided that he wants to be part of a family, and we pick up from, okay, well, what happens next? Because you know he loves business. He's not just going to give it up. So what does that look like now? He's, he, how's he going to work his time between adjusting to He has no idea what it's like to be in a family, so he's got to learn about that. But at the same time, Baby Corp's business still needs to happen. You've got to make sure babies stay number one. Nobody can love anything more than babies. So uh, he's, he's all about that. Now, uh, since you're the executive producer, so what prompted DreamWorks to start a television show? Was it after the success of this film? Because everybody loves this film. Critics are loving it. The box office is huge. So, like, what what led to, okay, time to make a TV show? Well, it was actually uh, quite a while before. I mean, a lot of people, myself included, had, had seen the movie in advance uh, just because you know, they show it at the studio just to get feedback from from other people who work here. And I, you could tell it was such a great movie, even in its earliest, roughest form. You could see how funny this was going to be and how much heart it had. So I actually I started developing this, you know, coming up with the first ideas and what were we going to do to turn it into a TV show close to three years ago, uh, well before the movie came out. And so, yeah, so they they knew they knew what they had. Now, what do you think are some of the challenges of producing children's media, especially since you've been doing a lot of DreamWorks shows for a while now? You know, I I don't know because I I enjoy it so much that I that's a tough question for me to answer <laughs> because I you know for me it's not an adjustment writing for kids at all. I mean, I I it's stuff that I love doing and I have kids myself, so it's it's always felt really natural for me to 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 write for a kid audience. So when you say challenges, I, I don't know. It's it's so much fun that I don't really notice. <laughs> well, as they say, like, you find something you love, you never work a day in your life. But, yeah, like, maybe, like, maybe not the challenges of, like, of, like, creating it, but, like, maybe, like, getting it out there, especially since it's, since you got on Netflix, which, congratulations on that, that's fantastic. You guys got, were able to connect with Netflix on this. So maybe, like, some of the challenges of just making sure that it's consistently providing kids quality media sure 
Well, it's it's all about staying true to the characters. That was the the biggest focus. That when uh, when I hired my my team of, of writers, we spent uh, you know a couple of weeks before we started talking about story. We were talking about these characters, and we really wanted to. We knew we knew we were going to be on Netflix, and we knew we were going to have this thirteen episode season that people were you know at least at first probably going to watch in order. So we really wanted to talk about okay, can we actually develop these characters can we can we make them feel real can we see how they change over the course of 13 episodes and so we really took that approach that if you fall in love with boss baby and tim and stacy jimbo the whole team then uh you know then everything else is going to fall in place we weren't worried about making it funny because it's such a funny concept to begin with Mm-hmm. that we knew that if we could get these characters right and if you love the characters then any, everything would just be that much more funny and the stories would work because you cared about what would happen to them well definitely and I, and I really think television is a great media for specifically character development because with movies you only have like an hour a half hour and a half maybe two hours to develop your characters television shows you're able to just really expand and really dive deeper into these characters that we know and love so it's fantastic mm-hmm. we were to get that. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blake C. We're going to continue the show talking about Ready Player One, Guess How Much I Love You, and Flugel's Project Egg Hunt. This show is sponsored by Mac and Monksty, Stem Strong. We're going to continue our conversation with the wonderful Mr. Brandon Sawyer about Boss Baby back in business. So, um, continuing our conversation, Mr. Sawyer, DreamWorks is, well, in my humble opinion, a fantastic animation company because they really know how to bring like stories and imaginations to life. So I guess what I'm trying leading up and trying to ask here is that when developing the television shows, because these are movies that we know and love, like what do you feel like is, because I'm sure you want to capture the same magic, but also try to provide something different from that the movies did that we can also bring to television shows. So like, can you maybe talk about like, the process of trying to develop the television, the movies into television shows? Sure. Well, in staying true to the film, again, it, it just goes back to the characters. We felt like if we could get Boss Baby right and Tim right, we'd still be in the same, you know, in the same place as the movie. But in taking it to a television show, we, uh, see, I'm trying to think of some of the areas that it felt like, I know for one, just the the nature of the job itself. The movie is so focused on just one threat. You know, Boss Baby's there for one specific mission. Got to stop Puppy Co. Find out what they're doing. Shut it down. And that's that's one story. But we felt like, okay, well, what is what does Baby Corp actually do? What does it look like to to keep babies number one? Sometimes there will be other threats. We've got you know other other cute creatures uh, trying to horn in on that number one spot in the show. But beyond that, you know, we've got stories where maybe you got to deal with a bad baby, uh, you know, kind of this little brat who's going to bite people and throw keys in the toilet or, or whatever else. And then uh, kind of promoting babies, baby pageants. What does that look like in this world? So, yeah, just the, all this. There was all the work stuff of, of we really got to explore what it meant for Baby Corp to, to do what they do in this world. And then uh, relationships, got to spend more time with the family. Uh, we got to really get to know a little bit more about Stacy, Jimbo, the triplets who didn't get as much screen time in the movie because it's so focused on, on the brothers. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you, you yourself is a, a, a screenwriter for DreamWorks, but this time you're actually just you're focusing on the production side, making sure that this, this show gets off the ground. So uh, what were some of the differences of being an executive producer than being a screenwriter? Well, thankfully, I still got to do a lot of writing on the show because okay. I, I love that. But uh, as an executive producer, you're kind of the one who has to sign off on what everybody else is doing. I mean, obviously... I have my skills, and I, there's a lot of things that I can't do. My job is just to make sure that we're all making the same show. So when you know these designs for characters come in, or when they're drawing the storyboards, or when the animation comes back, it's my job to look at it and say, okay, well let's let's make sure we're all we're all making the same thing here. And uh, you know, what if we adjust this? Or yeah, you you kind of have to look at the whole picture and not just making sure the script is, is working. I'm kind of like paraphrasing Orson Welles, but I believe he said that like filmmaking or television producing takes an army and in order to like create like one show or like one film. So there's a lot of moving parts to it, I bet. Definitely, yeah. And a lot of really talented people who are really, really good at the jobs. Now, I'm curious because what do you feel why do you feel like audiences really connected with Boss Baby? Because honestly, it was a very it was people I I, I would have to say I was really apprehensive with the film and when I saw it, I fell in love with it. It's got a lot of heart, it's really a beautiful story. So why do you feel like audiences, particularly families, really connected with this film? I think one of the things that, that I know connected for me, he was so funny and he, he's so you love a character who's who's really confident and who, uh, you know, just has that kind of swagger to him. So it was, the fun was there. But what really sold it for me was that they, they made sure, and we tried to do this in the show too, to make sure that he stayed vulnerable, that you kept him a baby. You know, he wasn't just, just an adult in a baby body. There's these moments where he can't get himself up on the bed or where he's giggling at something that, he knows he shouldn't giggle at, but because he's a baby, it's like, I, I can't help laugh at that. And so we, we tried to make sure that we, we kept him uh, a baby because there's something that's really sweet about that, that as big a brat as he can be and as bossy as he can be, that you still kind of love him because he, he, has these, he has these vulnerabilities as well. I'm excited to check out this show, especially since I feel like with you and your wonderful team to be able to continue that heart and love for these characters and can't wait to see what you guys explore. So thank you so much, Mr. Sawyer, for talking about Boss Baby back in business. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. If you want to check out the show, it's on Netflix now, so put that on your binge-watching list. With that said, I'm your host, Keeper Blake Slee. Let's take a break. This show is sponsored by Mac and Moxie Stem Strong. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. 
All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm samantha marcus and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about the boss baby back in business and next we'll be talking with rowan who's from new york city and is 12 damon who's from new york city and is 10 and alejandra who's from miami and is 16 about the new film ready player one thank you so much everyone for being on the show Thank you for having us. No problem. So, Rowan, I want to start with you. I saw Ready Player One, and I absolutely loved it, but I want to hear your thoughts about it. So can you just tell us a little bit about the film? Well, it takes place in the year 2004, and basically everyone's really enjoying this, like, virtual world that James Halliday created called The Oasis, and um, people are going there to, like, escape their own reality. Uh, but like, and the main base of the movie is that our main character Wade is trying to find an Easter egg in the oasis that will give him like power over it. Right. Yeah, I saw it, and I thought that the Easter egg was actually really creative. I was watching the film, and throughout the entire film, I just seeing the Easter egg and how it's so powerful, and how everybody is going crazy over this one egg is just really funny to watch. But it also is really exciting to watch because everybody's trying to win this prize so i completely agree with you now damon i want to know what did you think of the film i thought it was really cool because i really like video games and it's all about just one video game where there's a where there's a special easter egg so i i really like that yeah I, i completely agree with you and Alejandra, I want to know, do you agree with Rowan and Damon, or do you have a different opinion about the film? No, I agree. I think the, the, like, the creators and the producers behind this movie did a great job, like, with the plot. They, like, try to combine, like, they try to, like, show a message. They try to show that, like, how a game or, like, or, like, a online universe could have, like, so much power over a community. So I think it was really great. Like, they did a great job balancing the plot. Now, do you know it was about the uh, virtual reality, but do you personally play any games yourself, and was that easy to relate to? Um, yeah, I used to play a lot of like online games, like maybe like years ago, so I could relate to like how I was like that one time in my life. So yeah, I could relate like easily, like directly. Yeah, I love video games and seeing this virtual reality and everybody playing this video game. It really makes me think about you know, what the future is going to be like. Now, Rohan, I want to know, 
Who was your favorite character? Because like you said, we got Wade, but we've got so many other amazing characters as well. But who do you think was your favorite? Um, I think my favorite character was James Halliday because, like, his character was, like, relatable. Like, like, like even though he was, like, in some kind of crazy circumstances, like, he had invented something that everyone was using and he was, and he had, like, so much power, yet he was still, like, acting like he's still kind of just, like, a kid in his childhood and he wants to go back. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, he seems, like you said, regarding his power, he does have a lot of power. Everybody looks up to him, so I thought it was really interesting how he just acts like this normal person who, you know, could be playing the video game, but he actually created it, so. Now, Damon, I have a question for you. What would you say was your favorite scene in the film? Because I know the film was very suspenseful, and there was a lot of action in it, but what was your favorite scene? Well, my favorite scene was... The final battle scene that was in the end, and but I don't really want to spoil. But and so it was really, it was just so cool using all the animation and all the characters from the entire movie just coming together. Yeah, I agree. I watching the film, I thought that these effects and these battles were just crazy. They were insane, and I loved seeing it because. You know, it just made me feel like I was actually a part of the film. So, I completely agree with you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we're talking about the boss baby back in business, Ready Player One, Guess How Much I Love You, and Enchanting Easter, Flugel's Project Icon, and Furnish for Kids Anniversary. Right now, we're talking to Rowan, Damon, and Alejandra about the new film, Ready Player One, and we were just talking about how there are so many battle scenes, and the film just has great special effects, and it was very enjoyable to see. Now, Alejandra, I have a question for you. When you were watching this film, what did you think of the cinematography? Well, I thought it was, like, absolutely super cool because of all the scenes while they were playing the game, while they were showing, like, the avatars of the main characters playing in the game, all the scenarios, all, like, the inner worlds and the universe and, like, the cinematography, not only what, like, they were showing, like, the scenes and, like, the settings, of the of like the inside world of the online world, so I thought it was really cool to see like how their creativity like flew while they were doing that and while they were creating that. Yeah, I thought it was incredible as well, and I really enjoyed seeing that too. So, Rowan, my question for you is: Do you think that sure that there should be maybe a Ready Player Two, or do you think that Ready Player One basically covered everything that it needed to? Yes, yes, I definitely should. I mean, I really think they should do a second movie or, like, a sequel because, I mean, I think the audience wants to find out because, again, when the person that wins the game wins, they win an immense amount of power. So I think the audience would love to know what happens with the power that the character, whatever character that wins the game has or I, and how they use it. I disagree because, like, I don't think that the... that. A sequel, I feel like it would, it would, it just wouldn't be like able to eat some up to the original, because like the original had a good part and all, but the sequel, like, if we still had ways of the same character, then there would be like no, like there's no more like real objective he's he would be able to go for, and I feel like if they made a sequel, it would just seem more like they're just remaking the same film 
and I don't really think it would really be able to match the original. Well, it's really interesting how you both have different opinions on that. I can see both of your sides. And yeah, having a sequel does, you know, reinvent the first one. But I guess they could always add more to it. So I guess having a sequel would be good and bad. But if they do come out with another one, I'm sure it will be equally as good, if not better than the first one. So, Damon, I wanted to know, listening to this movie, there was a lot of great music. Would you say that you really liked the music, or did you have a favorite song or a favorite scene where the music was really powerful? I don't really have any favorite part where the music was playing, but I the music gave a, a good feel to the entire movie, how just like if as you look around the scene... It, it, without the music, it would just be really boring. Yeah, music really does change everything. I think music is very powerful, and it was really nice being in the theater and hearing this music. It made it feel as if, you know, like I said earlier, you're part of the film, and I think music can speak louder than a few words can sometimes. So, Alejandra, my question for you is, what would you say was the moral or the message of the film? I know... It was more about a video game and it was virtual reality, but what would you say that viewers can take away from it? I think what viewers can take away from it is that they were trying to show how much power and entertainment or how much power like a video game can have on a community or on a group of people and how this game ruled their lives and they were slaves of them. Like everybody was obsessed with it and that's what they all did like every day, 24 hours a day. And I think they're trying to show that that is very bad because they lost touch with humanity. They lost touch with their loved ones, families, friends. They wouldn't talk. They would just focus on the game. So I think that's why they were trying to raise awareness of that. Yes, there could be a balance between you entertaining yourself and playing games. But there, you should also be like interacting with, like, with society. Yeah, I don't think you could have said it any better. I think the exact same thing. And... Just to know that a video game did have a powerful impact on everybody is really interesting. And hopefully in our future, we won't have that much of an extent of video games impacting a society like that. But video games are definitely really important. And, you know, it's important in expressing your personality. And my last question for Rohan is, what would you say is the age and the star rating for this film? Um, I would give it five out of five stars because I really enjoyed the, all the references in this film. And I think I would reference recommend it to ages 7 through 18 because people under 7 probably wouldn't understand majority of the references. Right. Well, thank you so much, Rohan, Damon, and Alejandra for talking about the new film Ready Player One. Thank you for having us. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Samantha Marcus, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Mac and Moxie Stemmed Strong. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. 
All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our kids' first film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome back to the program kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley we just got done talking about ready player one and we had a special guest brandon sawyer about boss baby back in business on netflix now we're gonna be talking about flugel's project a kind and to the b we're going to be right now talking to the wonderful Carla about Guess How Much I Love You, an enchanting Easter. And boy, I hope this is going to be an enchanting interview. Carla, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So, Carla, tell us about what Guess How Much I Love You is and what you think of it. Guess How Much I Love You, an enchanted Easter is a really good family film that's adorable. It has beautiful animation. I love it. So, tell us a little bit about what the animation, what you particularly liked about it. So is it like hand-drawn animation? It looks hand-drawn. It looks like a watercolor painting. As like, That's not really hand-drawn, but it looks like a watercolor painting. And there's always color everywhere. Like, there's always, like, vibrant blues, soft pinks, and I love that. So it sounds like it's literally like a, like a children's book leapt off the pages and into the silver screen. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Well, that's absolutely beautiful. That sounds so adorable. So, um, what did you like most about this film? I really like the characters. The characters are so sweet and kind, especially because they like play hide and seek with each other. Like they're very pure, and I love that. It's like adorable, and little kids will love it. You know, you just gotta enjoy like pure, like innocent fun. There's nothing wrong with just like pure innocent fun. So. Um, tell us a bit about some of the characters. Like, what was your favorite character in the film? My two favorite characters is the field mouse, because he's the only one that really believed in a little nut brown hair and um, how he saw a white fawn. And I also like the father because he took care of the little birds while the mom was um, away trying to build the nest for the little birds that were about to hatch. So what about the, what does the film teach kids, do you think? Um, I think it teaches kids to trust, trust their friends. Because um, none of them trust um, the little nut brown hair and what he saw. But the only one that really trusted him was the field mouse, but no one else. But once they saw him, they was like, oh, wait, it was real. I could trust my friends. It sounds like an adorable... I mean, like, I, I love films like this. I mean, I'm a sucker for, like, just cute, adorable films. My, my heart melts every time this kind of, these kind of films come out. Like, guess how much I love you. So it's... Oh, melts my heart. Uh, so, Carla... What would you say is your favorite scene in the film? 
Um, my favorite scene is probably at the end when they're all running around in the field. It's um, Easter. They're running. O- they're just running around playing tag, and playing hide and seek. And um, there was color everywhere. Everyone was happy. It was adorable. Sounds like, especially since it's perfect for the Easter time. I know Easter has already passed, but never hurts to just go back and watch a film like that. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Today we were talking about Ready Player One and the Boss Baby back in business. We're going to continue our conversation with the wonderful Carla about Guess How Much I Love You and Enchanting Easter. So tell us a bit about continuing our conversation with Carla. Tell us about the Easter aspect of it and like, is it just, East, is it an Easter egg hunt that they're, that they're doing? Or are they painting Easter eggs? Um, the Easter aspect, I think, comes at the end, where the Fawns family comes over for Easter. It doesn't really uh, go in, like, the f- beginning and the middle of it, just, like, the end. So, an ab- so sounds like a, it sounds like an enchanting, not only an enchanting movie, but an enchanting experience. So, uh, what did you think about, what do you feel like is the age range for this film? The age range is probably around like five to seven, five to eight around there. But I mean, parents will like it, like what to like, like to watch it with their children. So, perfect film for the whole entire family, especially for a lovable film like this. So, how many stars would you give this film? I give it a five out of five because it's perfect, just like all around perfect. It's adorable, great storyline, beautiful animation. It's it's great. Well, before we end, can I ask you about the storyline and what and how do you feel like it's kids and families can relate to it? Um, the storyline is about a group of forest animals. It's um the little nut brown hair and his father and all his friends. Um, the little nut brown hair sees a pure white fawn and he tells everyone about it. They keep looking for the the white fawn, and um the father tells them that um no actually no the owl tells them that like in the, the north region of the forest, I think, that there's, like, a whole white thing. Like, it's beautiful, and that's where they find the white fawn. And um, turns out the white fawn was um, playing hide-and-seek with them the whole time. I think that this relates to uh, families, because, like, it's it's basically the group of forest animals is, like, one big family. Yeah, absolutely adorable. See, the, you know, it's, it's just... It, I just love innocent fun. It's just so much. It's just it's just a good time. So, um, if there anything else you you want to talk about this film, anything anything that you feel like family should know about this film before they go check it out. Um, one thing that I would think that parents should know. I think I already said everything that parents should know. Like the kids will love it. It's beautiful. It's adorable. Um, the animation. Everything's great. Well, I can't, I'm, I, parents should definitely, parents and families, kids of all ages should see this film because it's an absolutely adorable, fun story. So thank you so much, Carla, for talking about Guess How Much I Love You. Thank you for having me. Go check out this film. It is out now. It's a perfect, innocent fun for the whole entire family. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and you've been listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. This show is sponsored by Mac and Moxie, Stem Strong. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 
to become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year, or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Samantha Marcus, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Guess How Much I Love You and Enchanting Easter. And next, we'll be talking with Damon, who's from New York City and is 10, about the new episode, Flugel's Project Icon. Thank you so much, Damon, for being on the show. Thank you. So, I've seen Flugels before, and I think that they are so cute, and I love the Flugels series, and I've seen so many episodes, but Project Egg Hunt is one that I haven't seen before, so I want you to tell me a little bit about it. So, in, in Project Egg Hunt, the, the three Flugels uh, see, see their parents walking around the yard with a basket full of eggs, but when they look inside when the parents go, the basket that is empty, and then they see the eggs on the ground, so they start to pick them up, but they realize their mistake. Oh, no. Wow, that sounds so interesting, but the fact that they made a mistake, that must have been so hard for them to overcome that. What was that like? It, it was like, great, we finally finished. Oh, wait. Why is why the kids suddenly talking about this strange thing called an egg hunt? Yeah, and I mean, it must have been nice seeing this too because it was just Easter. So, yeah, seeing these flugels, they always get in these sticky situations. And it's, it's funny, but it's also, you know, really intriguing because you have to see them fix everything. And, you know, that's I'm glad that they made an episode about that. That sounds great. So, who would you say is your favorite flugel? Because we got three of them. Who do you like more or relate to more? I say that my favorite flugel is Junior Boomer because he's always being clumsy and he's causing accidents that sometimes help the, the, the flugels get out of their problems. Oh yeah, I completely agree. I, I think he's a great flugel and I honestly can't wait to see this episode because it just sounds so fun and I mean... I love Easter. I think it's a great holiday, and especially since it just was Easter. I better go check this out. So, have you seen other Flugels episodes before? Well, in in the D, in the DVD, there's a few other Flugel episodes, but I haven't seen any others. 
Besides the ones in the DVD. Right. So, in the DVD, which one would you say, I mean, compared to the other ones that you've seen besides Project Egg Hunt, would you say that Project Egg Hunt is one of, you know, one that you think is more favorable by you? Or would you say that it's, I mean, how would you rate it based on the others? Well, since there are five episodes, I would say it as my third favorite. Oh, okay. Why would it be your third? Because there's two of the episodes that are just much better than it. I I think they are Project Rainbow and Project Tortoise. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. I mean, it's nice to know that Project Egg Hunt is in your top three. That's always good. So, based on the ending of the episode, I don't want you to give it away. Were you happy with the ending? I mean, what would you say you liked most about the ending or didn't like? Well, I would I would know after watching that that every single episode in the entire series will always end with ev- everything going right so that so they get their stickers. Right, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that you know, the endings of episodes and films, I mean, they always leave you on the edge of your seat, but I'm glad that you liked it. So, my last question to you is, what would you say is the age and the star rating for this episode? I would rate it three to five stars because it's it's very educational and, and it teaches stuff that, like, the Flugels are learning with the kids that watch it, and I and I recommend it for ages three to five because each episode teaches a lesson that that older kids would already probably know, but the young kids won't. Right, yeah, I think that, you know, it's really important that everybody learns something from these episodes, and I think that Project Egg Hunt sounds fantastic. So thank you so much, Damon, for talking about Project Egg Hunt. Now we're going to pass it over to Kiefer, and we're going to talk about some more amazing films. No. Thank you so much, Samantha. We've just got done talking about Flugels. Also, I guess how much I love you and Ready Player One. We're going to end the show with our lovely host, Samantha, talking about To The Beat. Thank you so much, Samantha, for talking about this film. Let's get right into it, shall we? So tell us a bit about what To The Beat is and what it's about. No problem. So To To The Beat is about these two girls, Mia and Mackie Castillo, and they are the most incredible dancers and I love dancing. Like, dancing is something that I've done since I was little. I love hip-hop. And, you know, these two twins, they're 14. They have the most incredible bond. It's amazing how siblings get along so well. And it really inspires me to, you know, be a better sister and better person overall. And these girls are dancers. And there's this competition. Specifically, their favorite pop star is hosting, I guess, a contest for dancers to be in his music video. So the two twins form teams, they form separate teams, and he picks the five best dancers, and they have to record this music video that's 30 seconds, and then two minutes long, and then they keep going until they finally get to the last stage where they get to perform in front of a live audience. So I thought it was really nice to see these dancers put their hearts into everything, and, you know, there is some competition because there is this girl, Avery, who really wants to be the best dancer, and you can totally tell once you see the film, so... It was just really exciting to see a film about dancing because 
I haven't seen that many dance films, and even if you're not a dancer, you could still find a way to relate to it. I have a, I'm a sucker for like dance films, like from not just musicals, but like Step Up, the Step Up series. I I don't know, it's a guilty pleasure. I love the dance sequences in that. So this film seems like right up my alley because it sounds like it has some amazing dancing in it. Let's go specifically. Let's talk about the dance sequences. Um, what do you think about them, and how do you feel like they add to the story? Yeah, I thought that the dance sequences were really... Actually, that brings a, up a good point. Mia and Mackie are very different. Mackie's very into jazz and Mia's in tap, so they had de- very different sequences. And I really enjoyed Mia's tap because you just it just brings up a, the point about how people are different. And Mia just is this exceptional tap dancer. And in parts of the film, it's very noted that Mia is... It's not that she's not as favorite for her dance, it's just it's not as common. So seeing Mackie do this jazz and kind of hip-hop style and seeing it be more common and very eloquent, you see Mia, who's being outside of the box and bringing in this dance, and it ends up helping her in the end. I don't want to give it away, but I think it was nice because it was very contrastive and it really brings up about how everybody is different. Sounds like it teaches good morals too. Um, tell us about the characters in this film. Like you, you mentioned you went, you mentioned them a little bit, but like tell us about like what you enjoy most about these characters and what you find them interesting. Sure. So Mackie is very independent. She's always working with her sister Mia, and they support each other through everything, and I love that. And Avery, I would say she is. An interesting character. She's very confident about herself, which is a great quality to have, but she does think that she is better than everybody else. And when you see this film, if you do, you can totally tell that. She's very, very, very strong. And even though her mom um, is very supportive towards Avery, she's constantly bringing her up. She's her number one fan. And even though Avery treats other people not unfairly, she's just not very nice to them. Her mom's still, you know, go Avery, you're the best. And I I love her mom because she's constantly wanting to put her moves into the music video when it's her daughter. So I think the characters, are, they were really juxtaposed each other well. And, you know, there's so many more that we don't have time to talk about. But, yeah, I think they casted it very well. Well, it sounds like a lovely film. Quickly, before we, we end the show, how many stars should you give this? And what would you say is the age recommendation? Sure. So I would definitely give this five out of five stars because it made me think about how I love to dance. And I tried to get my dog to dance with me, too, because he loves to dance. And he was watching the film, too. My dog loves movies, and I think it's great. And it's definitely a perfect film to watch with your family because after you see it, you see that there are two different families, Avery's and Mia's and Mackie's, and they're so different that you totally note how their family dynamic is different, but it works for both of them. And I would recommend this for kids ages 12 to 18 just because it is you know that's how old the girls are even though they're 14 is right in that age range and a little younger would enjoy it but it really you know that any age adults would love it too because there are adults in this film and anybody can be a dancer and love dancing so i'd recommend it to everybody and i loved it well it sounds like a lovely film thank you so much samantha for talking about to the beat it's been a pleasure thank you for having me This film is out now, so please go check it out for some fun, jazzy dancing fun.
I've been your host, Keeper Blakesley. Thank you so much for listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To check out our latest reviews and interviews on the latest films and television shows, please check us on our website, kidsfirst.org. Also, check us out on our YouTube channel as well, Kids First on YouTube. We, that's where all our latest material and products are. It's fantastic. Go check it out. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. This show has been sponsored by Mac and Monxie, Stem Strong. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.